Studs on CITR 1.9 FM. Uh, my guest today is Paul Hornschemeyer. Did I get it right? Yes. yes. I think I think you tend to punch that middle E a little, but uh, which is fine. It's just Hornschemeyer. Yeah. Hornschemeyer. Okay. Or there we go. Jerk. You know, no whatever. punched E. <laughs> whatever you want to say, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, Paul is coming to town tomorrow. Um, That's right. April 3rd will be appearing at Lucky's Comics, uh, one of my favorite comic stores in Vancouver. Um, for those that don't know Lucky's, it's up at Main and King Ed at, what's the address here, 3972 Main Street. And what time do you think uh, things will be happening around? Uh, I think that the event is slotted for 5 to 8. I should probably know that, but uh, <laughs> I, think it, I think it's 5 to 8. Uh, I'll be doing a reading and slideshow. Uh, I mean, like anything involving the independent scene, I'm sure it'll start a little bit late. But <laughs> yeah, um, but I think five to eight is when I'm slotted to actually be in the vicinity of the store. So nice. It's yeah. uh, it's a it's a good little space. It's, uh, I'm excited to see. It. Yeah, I've heard yeah. I've heard great things. They do a lot of really nice local or you know arty stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I like it. Gabe's a good man. You know, you meet a, it, it. It's not often you actually meet a comic store owner who has a real passion and love for the comics. Most of the time, they had that passion and that left <laughs> right about been, when they bought been the store. Out of them by the <laughs> by the piece that is retail, yeah. Pretty uh, much, and I think he, uh, you know, he knows exactly what he likes. He knows exactly what he wants to carry, and that's the point of his store. He's not doing, you know, you're not going in there to go pick up the latest Ultimate Spider-Man. Right. Well, I mean, I am. But, you are. Uh, I mean, you know, you're gonna come all I the gotta way. I gotta have it. I gotta have that new zombie Civil War crossover part seven. I don't even seriously. I don't even know what's. I mean, if I'm in a mainstream shop, I I don't even have a clue what's happening anymore. It's amazing. I don't even know what the characters are these days. I think you know. I mean. Wait, is Spider-Man, is he back to his normal costume, or is he uh, still in that thing that looks like he got dipped in a pool of melted Jolly Ranchers? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? Where I, he was, like, I, like red I, and yellow? Wasn't it all Iron style, Yeah, he was, too? like, Iron Man for a minute or something. I don't know. I've lost track. And then he took off his mask, and I, I don't remember. I just the, the thing is, honestly, what I see of mainstream comics is usually just what sort of percolates into the mainstream media. Um... Which is probably a horrible representation of, of mainstream comics, but I I just 
it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> there, there is a handful of really quality stuff. I'm sure but there is. For the most part, it's just like, you know, in any genre, you're gonna find probably ninety percent shit and ten percent. Yes. Five percent, I'll say. <laughs> Maybe three percent. I would, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, no, I know there's good stuff out there. It's just, I, I don't usually see it. So. And anyway. let's talk about your comics because they're not right. of that genre. They're the genre that ink studs like, which is what, what do we want to call it? Alternative comics? Let's call it that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, brainy loser comics. I have I have no idea what kind of comics I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I like the brainy loser. Yeah, I, 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 I often refer to them as literary comics when I'm speaking with, you know, friends of my parents or something because then they seem to lend them some sort of legitimacy that they wouldn't otherwise have. But uh, I don't know. I mean, people are so confused with what to call any of that stuff. Graphic novels or, you know, I mean, my mother has often introduced me to people as a graphic artist and I'm like, it really just—I mean that—that that probably even more so than graphic novel makes it sound like I draw pornographic pictures. I'm like some Tom of Finland or something. You know? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yes, I cater in massive schlongs. It's well, true. you know, maybe that's more artistic integrity because really there isn't that level of money there doing porn comics anymore. That's I mean, true. Well, know? I don't know. I, yeah, I've, I've, <laughs> I, you know what? I can't claim to know what the porn and comics market is like these days. But well, I guess I'll I should ask the guys at Fanographics; they would know. But as far as I know, the Eros titles are not selling. Not faring too well. Used to. Uh. No. My favorite is uh, my uh, good friend Colin Upton. His top-selling comic ever was his porn comic he did for Eros. Really? What was the title? I think was it for Eros? I can't remember. It's a long time ago. I don't even know if it was for Arrows. It was a porn comic he did, though, and luckily I can't remember the title. So I gotta say, the only the only title I can remember, which I don't know who published it, uh, was Bondage Fairies. <laughs> um, which was, I think, I think essentially just massive insects having sex with tiny fairies. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and by fairies, I mean, you know, minuscule mythological creatures. With wings. Not, yeah, not uh, gay men, but... Um, but maybe gay men too. I don't know. Uh, maybe gay men with wings. But uh, I, I worked at this comic book shop in Columbus, and I remember these kids had driven. I think they drove all the way down from Cleveland, and just like sort of a nonstop, you know, like we got to get there and get to this shop because they had heard we had bondage fairies, wow. and they consumed every single copy we had, and then ran out of the store, you know, cackling and just absolutely possessed with glee and satisfaction. Well, I... I There's I'm, my body chair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that trip was well worth it for I, me. Apparently. Um, who doesn't like to see a spider gangbang? Uh, <sighs> anyway. <laughs> so, your, uh, your appearance at Lucky's tomorrow night, um, uh, specifically, you, I guess the most recent thing is a re-release of one of your earlier collections of Mother Come Home. Right. You can have copies there? Of the new I edition. hope so. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, yeah, I mean that's. Uh, I don't know when exactly it hits stores. I want to say mid March. So yeah, it's. Uh, we should have copies there. I assume. Um, this is the hardbound edition, uh, which has never existed in the in the U.S. before. So. 
Only it's been out of print for about two, I think about two years now, so, um, yeah. Now, it was originally published by Dark Horse, right. and a new home has been found. Right. I guess your permanent home for comics nowadays. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I am still uh, certainly talking with Dark Horse about doing stuff. I mean, Mother Come Home was always, it, it was certainly championed by uh, everybody who worked on the book and everything at Dark Horse, but... You know, I mean, as anybody who's familiar with Dark Horse knows, uh, it wasn't exactly the normal sort of book that they put out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sad tales about a, a professor father and his son grieving from the loss of a mother isn't really uh, isn't really exactly like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but uh, I'm sure you can find some parallels. Um, if you look hard <laughs> enough. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it just seemed like Fantagraphics was kind of a better fit for it once it was out of print and the contract ran out and stuff. Uh, seemed like the better way to go. Um, but, I mean, I certainly have things that I'm talking with Dark Horse about, so we'll see. Hopefully someday in the future I'll put something else out with them because I love working with those guys. Mm-hmm. Diana Shutt says, hot shit. Diana's one of the best people working in comics there's and she's she's a great editor i mean it's, that's just it i mean if i ever have a chance to work with her that's i'd jump at that in a heartbeat because she's 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 not afraid to tell you if something sucks which yeah. is great and i think honestly that's one of the uh major things missing in a lot of books and uh you know kind of processes that people go through is i don't think they really do have a good editor saying like yeah well do you 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 find now with more book publishers taking on the comic the comics yeah i don't know do you see like a book editor kind of going with this comic going sure it's fine i don't know well i mean yeah i've definitely seen some of that where it's just they don't really know i mean i i've been lucky enough i mean my uh one of my next books is coming out from random house uh I'm finally getting to wrapping up these days. Life with um, Mr. Dangerous? Yes, Life with Mr. Dangerous. Um, but my editor has been pretty good about that. I mean, the major thing that I think an editor needs to do is just make you make you answer the question, why? You know, why are you doing this? You know, what's, what's the justification for this scene? Do we really need this character doing this? Why not develop this more? You know, things like that. Um, I mean, you certainly don't want an editor coming in and saying, okay, well, I wrote this scene for you, put it in here. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I mean, I mean, that's, and that's what Diana did for Mother Come Home. I mean, she really did push me to justify certain choices. And if you actually, uh, <clears throat> little known fact, if you go and find the original end of the story in the original Forlorn Funnies comics, the very, very last line uh, of the book is different in the comics. Uh, versus the collection. So. so that's how fine-tuned she would. Yes, yeah. That's a good editor. Yeah. And you feel stronger with the final product after that. Yes, it was, I mean, it was, I mean, you know, and there were certain things she asked me about, and I gave a justification, and she just kind of had to give up because I was kind of sticking to my guns on that, but she had certain points that I thought were totally valid, and I didn't really have a good argument, so there you go. There we go. Was this your first extended story? Uh, Mother Come Home was, yeah. Uh, before that, I think I really... I had done a few stories that were longer, but I, I think they were maybe like you know 20 pages or 30 pages tops or something like that. So, yeah, that was the first long story. 
Now, for the slideshow you're going to be presenting tomorrow night at Lucky's Comics, April 3rd, um, 3972 Main Street, uh, what's that going to consist of? Is it going to look at that work, or is it going to be newer work? Yeah, it'll be, I mean, it'll be Mother Come Home. Um, it'll be, uh, basically what I do for the slideshows is I just have, uh, have comics that are kind of sliced up panel by panel, and then I've taken the text out of them. Um, I've now I've seen other people do stuff with actual dialogue. Like I've seen Nick Bertozzi did that for the salon, and I've seen various people do that to, to great effect. But uh, I'm really just doing the parts that are sort of the voiceover narration. So it's really just reading mm-hmm. um, because I am not talented enough to do eight different voices at once. Uh, I mean, when I think we were Gabrielle in, Bell does that, doesn't she? she I've, does weird that's, I've heard. I've heard tell. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, when I was in, actually, it was in Portland uh, last time I was on a book tour for The Three Paradoxes, we put on a, a puppet show where uh, people from the audience had to play all the characters, um, <laughs> which, I went, I, which I went into it with the expectation that it would be just absolutely atrocious, which it, it was, but I think everybody had a good time. So. I think there's uh, enough uh, comics folks in Portland that you could get. I, yeah, I, I knew I could probably get by with it, so, <laughs> <laughs> so we gave it a shot. Now, you have this in Vancouver. Now, tonight you're doing, you have an art opening in Portland. Right. Tell me about that. This is um, Yeah, it's, uh, it's at the uh, Charles A. Hartman Fine Art, uh, which is in, I don't know the neighborhoods in Portland. Uh, it's right around the corner from, or right down the street from Powell's, which is where I would be living if I lived in Portland. Um, There's room for tents in there. Oh, my God. That place is just not... I should never have a wallet when I walk in there. <laughs> you know what? And around the corner, there's a really great store for underground comics, Counter Media. Yes, I've been there, too. Yeah, I think between those two places, I I really don't want to know how many hundreds of dollars I've done. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> So, yeah, uh, the show, it's basically, uh, you know, uh, certainly at my age, you don't use terms like retrospective or anything like that, but it's basically just kind of work from the last several years, I would say maybe the last seven years or so. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's sort of hard to define past that. I mean, it's kind of a mix of a mix of everything. It's drawings and then actual comics, uh, a lot of covers from books and things like that. So. Now, the stuff in this gallery... I was looking at the website for it. Mm-hmm. You kind of stick out as not like the rest of the stuff. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everybody else is an actual artist. Um, <laughs> I was uh, going to say they're more <laughs> abstract. No, it's true. Yeah, I mean, Charles, uh, a lot of the artists that he represents uh, tends to be a lot more photography, and then the, the painters that he has are, yeah, much more in the sort of abstract uh, school, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've uh, w- our relationship sort of started years ago. He just kind of bought some pieces from me, uh, and we've kind of been talking ever since. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I I question his judgment, but you know. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, the uh, the show will go on nonetheless. Um, well, it's nice to yeah. see that because I mean, comics are art, and as much as it's you know, I mean. It's, there's two parts to be recognized with comics. There's the, the the book end where people are taking on, you know, the book posters taking on, and you know, involved in all sorts of scholarly 
type things, but I think it's also people have to recognize this is an art that someone's put together too, and there is something visual aesthetic right. that needs to be noticed. Right. I agree. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think, and for the show, I mean, it's always an odd experience reading comics on a wall, I think. Uh, so for the show, we've kind of, I think it's skewed a little bit more toward single images and things that are a little bit less text-heavy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a decent mix of stuff. I think it's a pretty good, pretty good spread. So. Now, you've been doing a lot of book covers, too, recently, right? Uh, I have. uh a decent amount of them are not in print yet, but, uh, yeah. Um, uh, I'm doing uh, book covers for... Uh, are you talk- Were you talking about the subscription service that I'm going to start doing the book covers for? Or? Yeah, yeah, I, I think I read something somewhere. Yes. Um, yeah, that's actually... I would encourage people to check this out and sign up for it. I think it's going to be great. Um, uh, my friend Jonathan Messenger, who's the books editor at Time Out Chicago here, obviously in Chicago. Um, he uh, He's putting out a new line. He has a publishing line called Featherproof uh, Books, and they're starting a new imprint called Paper Egg, um, which I'm not sure if the website is papereggbooks.com or papereggbooks.com. I'm sure people can use Google and find it. But, we'll, uh, we'll have it all linked up at yeah, instance.com. Um but uh, it's a, basically it's a, a, a subscription service where uh, you get two books a year. Uh, I'm doing all the covers for the entire line, and it's just going to be a limited edition uh, run. So however many subscriptions they have, that's how many books are getting printed. Those people get the books, and then that's it. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it'll be really great. Uh, we're actually talking with a lot of different authors. You know, some are basically unknown. Some people have actually heard of um, but I think it's really cool because it's it's giving a home to stuff that just really would not find a place in the mainstream book world uh, in that it's, you know, novellas and things that are a little bit too long to be a short story, so they're not really going to get anthologized, and then there are things that, you know, maybe are a little bit too short to actually be blown up into a novel and things like that. So I think it'll be very interesting. Uh, We'll see if we'll see how the economy supports this these days. <laughs> it's yeah, I, yeah. I'm in, in Vancouver. We don't really notice the the plummet. You guys don't have an economy there. We we have Olympics. <laughs> it doesn't. It hasn't affected the beaver pelt trade. Or <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know, beavers are not our primary source of income anymore. We've uh-huh. we, we've included maple syrup. Oh well, look at that. All right. Yeah. Um, well, that's the weird thing is that, I mean, I've been talking with other people about that. You sort of, I mean, you know, in comics, it's sort of the same thing. I mean, kind of seeing that, but not really. I mean, it's still very, very, honestly, the main way I've seen the economy and kind of felt the effect is that, you know, working with kind of larger publishers and I'll call somebody one week and then the next week they're not there anymore, so... Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird, but yeah, but it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's gonna be fine. Oh God, I've already um, got my bindle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good use of bindle. That's uh, that's a, that's a word that I would, especially now, would think more people would be employing. But uh, I have to give a shout out to my brother-in-law who I, I did not know the word bindle until he 
enlightened me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think uh, several people I've talked with learned the word bindle from some Simpsons episode, so whatever. Possibly. <laughs> you know, I'm sure Seth has used it about ten times by now. Absolutely. So. Your other thing you have coming out, which interests me, is the Sundry collection. All and Sundry, All yeah. and Sundry. Mm-hmm. Tell me. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's actually kind of a natural segue from the show uh, in Portland. Um, yeah, I mean, it's basically just kind of everything. Uh, actually, it really is uh, directly connected with the show in that uh, when I was going through my flat files, uh, you know, just pulling out artwork to figure out what our kind of initial selection was going to be before we pared things down for the show. And I would pull stuff out of the drawer and I'd be like, well, okay, I don't want to show that. I don't want to show that. Okay, what's this? You know, like, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't quite, like, you know, stuff that I liked but didn't quite fit. And I realized I was just pulling out mountains of stuff that, <laughs> that not, you know, that I wasn't maybe, some of it I was going to put in the show, some of it I wasn't, but I realized that none of it had ever been in anything um you know it was all just freelance work or had been in some anthology or whatever and uh then i just sort of nonchalantly was like you know i I should probably make some kind of list of this kind of stuff and yeah i think maybe within 15 minutes i realized i had a couple hundred pages worth of stuff (laughs) um that which was actually very rewarding because then I realized, oh right, that's what I've been doing for the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I think that's a problem with comics uh, is that you know, I mean, 
don't get me wrong, I have several different mansions uh, that I live in during various parts of the year. Um, but <laughs> comics is actually not that lucrative uh, a medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's probably going to shock I, I'm, I, everyone. I'm a little uh, freaked out right now. <laughs> um, you're going to have to return all that bling that you just bought. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, because um, Lord knows the person that's uh, doing stuff about comics is really raking. Right, right. Yes, the only thing more more uh, lucrative than drawing comics is doing comics criticism and journalism. Um, <laughs> a college radio show. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Um, anyway, but yeah, I, I you know you have to just sort of you know as a matter of necessity do freelance work and you know just do various things here and there. And I just really honestly did not realize. And I think that's the thing is you 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 put out a book you know once every you know year and a half or two years or something and there's kind of that, well, what, what have you been doing in the meantime? <laughs> um, so that's kind of what All and Sundry is. I mean, it's it's collecting, you know, stuff I did for Dark Horse, like um, stuff I did for the Escapist series. Um, what else is in there? Uh, I, I did a page for The Tick. You know, like, I mean... The just, Tick? Yeah, just random weird stuff, you know. That's um, odd. Yeah, I mainly did that one because my little sister was a big fan of The Tick, and I wanted to draw a tick page for it, so there you go. Um, that was my aw shucks moment. Um, no. uh, uh, <laughs> um, but there's lots of stuff. I mean, like I've done, just recently I did this 16-page uh, little kind of mini-comic for this uh, record label that I did all the packaging for, or record label, when I saying record, uh, whatever, CD that came out. Uh, I don't know, actually, I don't know if it's in, I think it's in stores now. Um or will be very soon. In the record stores that are left. Yes, right. It'll be on Amazon and iTunes, put it that way. Um, uh, people should definitely check it out, uh, not so much for the art, but the music is incredible. This guy, uh, Yan Lu, uh, Y-O-N-L-U, um, he's, I think he wrote all these songs when he was 15, and then, unfortunately, uh, I think when he was 16 or 17, killed himself. And his dad just found all this music on his computer, and they put it out in Brazil, I think, several years ago, and it's just coming out in, in America uh, on the record label that David Byrne started. And yeah, I was lucky enough to work on that. So that sounds heartbreaking. It, it's it's especially heartbreaking once you hear the music. I mean, there's some songs. There's this one song, "Humiliation," that is got to be one of the best pop songs I've ever heard in my life, and when you hear it, you just absolutely can't believe that it's, you know, this is a 15-year-old singing it. I mean, the guy's vocal maturity is just absolutely nuts. So I highly encourage people to check that out. I'll, I'll post something about it on my blog. Well, I'll see if we have any at the out. station. Yeah, I'm, I know that... I'm, I'm trying to think. I think his EP has been out for a little bit. They put out, like, a little three-song EP thing. Um but I don't know if the, I think the album is, it's coming out in April but I'm not really sure when so All right. but people should check it out so um, like yeah but I mean that's going to be in there in the book and uh, I'm trying to think of what else I don't know I've got some like, mini comics I picked up off of you a long time ago at SPX I'm not trying, I'm, what would what, you know what I think one was like this flip flop thing 
It's kind of uh, weird. Oh, Bleep Blop Loop. Yeah, <laughs> like there we go. Little little kid comic. Um, that won't be in there, but uh, I, I'm thinking about putting that thing out as a little children's book at some point. The problem is that's that's kind of where the the paper egg stuff that I was talking about earlier comes in with with the literature side of things. There's little books like that where every book publisher that I've talked with about book deals, you know, if I give that book to them, they're like, wow, this is really, you know, this is really cute. But then their children's book division is like, yeah, we don't want to touch that. That's what is that? <laughs> you know, and it's not that they hate the book. They're like, oh, this is really cute, but we don't, you always hear that coming back to you is we don't know how to market that. Yeah. And it's like, well, I, can you market it as something that, that people just, like and that you like, you know, but I think that's just it, is that, and that's one of the things that I'm a little bit worried about, about comics moving into more mainstream publishing houses is, you know, people being like, well, we don't know how to market that, you yeah. know, <laughs> because, I mean, the best comics, in my opinion, are some pretty weird stuff, you know, and I mean, certain, certainly Pantheon knows what they're doing as far as marketing it, but yeah, I don't know, I get no. a little worried with some of the other companies. I gotta say, the, uh, there's they the, they're doing good in my book right now for what they're putting yes. up. The the new Mazzucchelli will uh will make you pee your pants in glee of how good it is. <laughs> I'm and sure that, I haven't seen it myself, but uh, uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's, I got I got a, a galley of it, and it's. Uh, when is that coming out? Is that I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think April. Okay. Or something. It's phenomenal. It's uh. No, no. Um, just a reminder, folks, talking to Paul Hornsheimer, uh, he will be appearing tomorrow night at Lucky's Comics, 3972 Main Street, and uh, we're talking comics, C- come uh, by after 5 o'clock. What comics are you loving right now? You say you like the weird stuff. Oh, boy. I'm trying to think of what I've read recently. Um... Ugh, that is, that's tough to put me on the <laughs> spot. Um, I'm like, uh, Buck Rogers. Um, <laughs> I, I think the uh, only stuff I tend to read is either literature or science fiction or... I don't, I don't really tend to read a ton of comics. Um, I think the last thing I read that I was really excited about was that Bat, Bat manga that Chip Kidd put out. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that was... That's crazy. Amazing. It's crazy. It's so good. Um, I think I, I, I just, you know, I come across stuff like that, and I'm like, what happened to superhero comics? And, you know, I mean, I'm, this is not to disagree with what you're saying about there being good stuff out there by, you know, kind of mainstream superhero uh, companies, but I just, I mean, that book is so fun and weird, you know, and it really reminds me of sort of, a little bit more reined in Fletcher Hanks or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, ah, I just love it. It's so good. Um, I think that's just it. I mean, I think as far as comics, um, I think there's some stuff that I'm really excited about, but that I don't actually have my hands on yet. I'm trying to think of what Fanographics is putting out. I know they've got the, 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 Oh God! What do they have coming out? That humbug collection looks nice. The humbug collection, definitely. Um, what am I thinking of? Crap! What's that one? The Craig Yo. Oh, the Bodie Rogers. Yes, Bodie Rogers. I was blanking yeah. on the name. Uh, I'm really excited about that. I mean, I've only really seen maybe a few pages worth of. I think isn't there something of uh, Bodie Rogers in that? Uh, Art of the Time. Yes, yeah. right. Isn't there something of his in there? I uh, yeah, up? because. Uh, 
up on the Comics Comics blog, uh, Dan Nadell posted a big diatribe of his problems with the Bodie Rogers book. Oh, really? Yeah, just of uh, of create of uh, Craig Yao's um, write not writing enough in it. Like it's more just you know. It, Wait, it, and Dan was against him not writing enough. Well, not of what particularly issues he covered, and not mm. providing enough. Like, if you've read Craig Yao, it I, I'm sure it reads like something Craig Yao writes, which mm-hmm. is pretty opposite to what Dan writes. Right, I got like they, they're that. definitely different, completely different aesthetics. So, right, what Agreed. Dan would probably be into would not necessarily be as much as what Craig right. would be into because Dan's more of that critical. Right, I was gonna know, say he's a bit more academic in his approach. And Craig is more just having fun with comics. Right. So I think uh, you know. Well, regardless, I'm looking forward to that. I'm oh, I forward, too. Looking forward to that uh, Superman book, the Fanagraph. It's just gonna sound like I'm just. Pimping fanographics, <laughs> 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 but there's—I don't know. They've—I'm uh, sure John Quarterly has some stuff that's coming out that I'm excited about too. It's not just not yeah, got a couple off things. Top of my head. Um, they got that Seth guy coming out with something new soon. I really want him. You know what I really want him to come out with is something along the lines of uh, the Wimbledon Green book that he put out, which is, for my money, like the greatest thing he's done. And you know what? I love that book. And I think you're not alone with that. I think mm-hmm. most people love that book. And mm-hmm. for him, the hilarious part, it's it's his throwaway book. Oh, I know. It's I've like, yeah, I just did this is my sketchbook. I know. Yeah. I know. Like, yeah. Well, but do, it's got do more of that. Don't I mean, the thing is I like I like his other stuff. I'm not, you know, there's absolutely nothing against Seth and I certainly, I mean, his design is second to none certainly, but I just that book was so. I mean, I think that's the major thing, and I, I talked with a lot of talked with Jeff Brown about this, and Anders Nilsson, and various people. Like, I just feel like there's not enough fun stuff, you know, uh, which is of course completely ironic coming from me, often seen as the master of mope. But, um, <clears throat> I just I, I think that's and that's certainly something that in my books that I'm planning on in the future, there's a lot more of that where it's just. What happened to comics, you know? I mean, I feel like you either have to be, you know, kind of navel-gazy, or it's got to be these hyper grittily realistic superheroes. And I'm like, what about just playful nuttiness? And I think, well, that's, one, I think that's one reason that people were responding to, like, you know, Dash Shaw stuff, or, or there's, you know, something... Scott Pilgrim? What's that? Scott Pilgrim? You know, I, it, I I have not read Scott Pilgrim. I have to be honest here. Um, That's okay. Every time I read the premise, I just it just doesn't interest me at all. And the you artwork know, looks great, but I, I kind of felt, good. I felt the same. It's yeah. like, oh look, it's a comic about video games, pretty much. I mean, and just like indie rockers or something. I don't it's know like, what it it, like. I don't it's know. indie rockers that like video games, pretty much. It feels like, but it, it's good. He, he's a good storyteller. It's I mean, that's fun for everybody. It's good pacing. Been, yeah, you know. Um, I'm gonna have to check it out. But I think there, there's there, there's stuff like that, like uh, Brandon Graham. His stuff can be a lot of mm-hmm. fun. You know, he's uh, got a very wide imagination. Right. So. Well, I mean, what I was gonna say is uh, there's actually uh, well, again, this is just gonna sound like I'm pimping fanographics, but uh, the stuff like the like for instance, I like I liked Bottomless Belly Button. I thought that was good, but uh, Dash Shaw's stories in Mom, I mm-hmm. think, are great. Uh, I think they're very kind of just... And I think he's doing a collection of those at some point soon. 
I'm, if I'm if I'm totally off my rocker, I'm, I, which is fully possible. Oh, I'm sure he's one of the fastest artists. Right yeah, now. he's uh, he's cranking that stuff out. But I mean, I just I think that they're kind of I mean they're well written, but they're just sort of playful and a little bit nutty, and I just I don't know. <clears throat> I just feel like there's a great actually uh, a comic that this is not new, but um, Zach uh, Soto's um, what was it Secret Voice? I think was that the name of it. Came out from Ad House Books. I think he put out like one issue. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like years ago. I think I, I want to say he was done with the second issue a while ago. I don't know. Maybe there's already a couple issues out. Yeah, I think he's slow. Yeah, he's he's not the fastest guy in the world. I don't think, but uh, I, I want to swear he had a bunch done for the next one. But uh, yeah, I can't remember, and I should. But I love that stuff. He he was. Just, just kind of more adventure-y kind of stuff, you know, where it's uh, got a little bit more of a kinetic quality to it. Um, oh, you know what? I just thought of another... Damn it, this is another Fantagraphics book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to come up with something. But I really liked um, John Pham's uh, Sublight. Yeah. I, I, he's one of my favorite people. Um, uh, I would say him and probably Kevin Izenga and then uh, Anders Nelson are mm-hmm. probably the three people that I get the most excited about their stuff. Um, no, I'm all not. of which are published by Fantagraphics. Oh, uh, uh, but is, also drawn in quarterly. Yeah, Anders is drawn in quarterly. Uh, Kevin is pretty much self-publishing himself right now. <laughs> yeah, is it, I, I saw he had an announcement on his blog about not doing was it? I think he's gonna stop doing or else. Or something. Yeah, he stopped doing or else, and all the stuff he's working on, you can just get his, his in his mini comics. So, hmm. you know, that's fun. I love I love mini comics. So, me too. Um, I think I've got my my time done here. Okay. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Just a reminder, folks. Paul Hornsheimer will be at Lucky's Comics tomorrow night, from about five o'clock to eight o'clock, roughly. Um. If there's any difference, check the Inkstud site, inkstuds.com, uh, 3972 Main Street, and I will be there, probably getting sloshed, so you should come up too. <laughs> I'll be there too. Awesome. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you. And have a swell day. You too. Oh